hour number three of the case on Morning Commute, 105.3 FM, AM 1280, WPKZ. And before we get into the car and do the driving around, we're pleased to be joined by the car doctor from AAA Northeast, the one, the only, John Paul. Good morning, John. Good morning, everyone. How is everybody? Good. We are doing awesome. good. We are, we're ready for another summer day, hopefully a lot better summer day where we can look at the sun and not have to worry about the rain getting, getting in our parade today. Well, that would be nice, and, and it's, it's interesting that sometimes people forget how to drive in the rain. They forget sort of what they're supposed to do when it's raining out, and, uh, you know, turn your headlights on when you turn your windshield wipers on, good safety tip, and don't rely just on uh, daytime running lights because, according to the law, all the lights are supposed to be on. That includes the taillights, so important to remember that, too. So when you turn your headlights on, when you turn your windshield wipers on, turn your headlights on. It makes it safer for you and everyone else. And another thing, when you're driving in the rain, it's a good idea maybe to have the speed down because depending on the amount of rain you're getting, there's a thing on the highways called hydroplaning, and that's not a good thing. No fun there. No, you're right. When your speed is above 40 miles an hour, you're likely to hydroplane. And you know when the road is almost going to tell you that because you can see the water sort of bubbling up on the road surface. And it doesn't take much more than uh, probably a quarter of an inch of water on the roadway to get the tires to float above the road. So if you're going 50 or 60 or 70 miles an hour out on the highway and the roads get really wet, you can hydroplane. So reduce your speed down if that starts to happen. The other thing a lot of people don't realize if it's been dry for a long period of time, and we haven't seen rain for a couple of weeks, and all of a sudden it does get rainy, that first 15 or 20 minutes, the roads get really slippery because it washes all that oil uh, to the surface of the roadway that drips out of people's exhaust and engines and all of that. So the first 15 or 20 minutes in a rainstorm can be as slippery as ice. It's greasy. It's greasy. It's almost like you're driving the car, and you're, and you're not just a driver. You're more like the big kahuna on a surfboard, yeah. you know, yeah. going cowabunga. I, I, I try never to stand on the roof of my car. <laughs> <laughs> try it sometimes. It's I, fun. I've never, I can't say I've tried that myself. I, I cannot say that at all. The fact that we're summer's here, and we, we usually talk about the fact that we need to be sure that we're checking the tires to make sure the tires are in good shape because tires only have a, a shelf life for, of so many years, depending on the type of tire and, and the mileage that you're expected to get from those tires, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's Most tires today last 40, 50, 60,000 miles. Some last a little bit more, some last a little bit less. Performance tires, if you are lucky enough to drive something like a Porsche, you might only get 12,000 miles out of the tires because they're designed to be real sticky and they tend to wear pretty fast. Uh, But when it comes to regular tires, uh, we used to always say take a penny and stick a penny in the tread, and if the tread doesn't come up to at least Lincoln's head, it's a good idea to replace the tires. Now what we say is we take a quarter, and if the tread doesn't come up to at least Washington's head, it's time for new tires. That difference is 430 seconds of tread with the quarter, 230 seconds with the penny, and that 230 seconds of tread on a wet day can make up about... 60 60 feet of stopping distance. So imagine your tires are not quite worn out yet and you jammed on the brakes and if you had tires that were just a little bit better, the distance between you and a tractor trailer uh, in stopping distance. And that's the difference between a crash and one that didn't happen. 
Now, one more thing about tires, maybe two more questions about tires. Usually when we're talking to you during the winter months, you say, check the tires and be sure you're checking the pressure on a regular basis because with the cold weather, the tire pressure uh, the tire pressure is not there. It's like uh, the, the, tar, the, tar, the tires, I'm trying to say, uh, there are fewer pounds, and you'll see something in the car, well, the car I have, when it says tire pressure low. And sometimes you'll see that on the car. Is that the case where at summertime, if the weather's hot enough, it takes away from the pressure from your tires too? Um, not, well, sort of. Uh, a, a good tire will lose probably a pound or two of air every month no matter what the temperature is. If you left it, if you took your tires and put them in your house and it was in a controlled temperature, they'd still probably lose a pound or two just because uh, tires are not perfectly sealed and the air can seep through the tire itself. So you will lose a little bit of air no matter what the temperature is. So it's important to check the tire pressure once a month or so. But in cold weather, just like everything in the cold uh, contracts, same thing happens with uh, the molecules of air when the temperature drops. In warm weather, we don't see that quite as often, but uh, still, it's important to check your tires. And you mentioned tire life. Uh, the experts will tell you that tire life is somewhere between 6 and 10 years. And for most of us, you know, we've probably worn out our tires after 6 years, but I always worry about people with camping trailers and boat trailers and utility trailers those same tires sometimes they don't have very many miles on them but they might be 10 12 15 years old and those tires are potentially ready to fail just because of the rubber dry rots and even though the tread might be in good shape and the side of the tire might look okay uh, it just doesn't have the resiliency if you hit a pothole and you mentioned if you see that bump sign in the road well sometimes that's enough to even do uh, some damage to a tire. Now, also, when you're talking about tires and the vehicle you're driving in, the size of the vehicle, the weight of yeah, the, the vehicle, does that have an impact on, on tire life? Uh, not if it's the correct tire for the car, because uh, tire engineers work with the vehicle engineers to design the best tire to match that car. So if you have a big, giant Chevrolet Suburban, the tires are meant to carry maybe, and I'm kind of making up, maybe 3,000 pounds per tire. So you have plenty of tire for that vehicle, and when you put cargo in the back or if you're towing a trailer, you're in good shape. Where if you drive something small like a Mitsubishi Mirage, those tires might only be designed to hold 1,300 pounds of air per, uh, 1,300 pounds of weight per tire, which again is more than enough for the vehicle. It's when you decide that your little Chevy pickup truck or little Ford Ranger pickup truck, you decide you're doing a project around the house and you uh, go to the home improvement store and fill it full of cement blocks, and you you look at the you look at the truck and it's sagging, and you look at the tires and they look like they're ready to pop. Well, that's when tire issues can happen and that and at that time that's where you want to inflate the tires to the maximum inflation pressure we always say inflate tires to what it says on the door placard but there are certain times when you're carrying maximum amounts of weight you want to fill the tires up to the maximum amount and by maximum level that usually means you take a look at the listed weight Maybe add another pound or two to those tires? Yeah, you might even look at the tire itself, and it might say maximum inflation, 43 pounds. That, if you were, if you were carrying a, literally a ton of bricks in the back of your truck, that's when you'd want to put 43 pounds in. 
Yeah, it says minimum and max, right? Usually, well, if you look yeah, at the tire. Well, on the door placard, it'll say what should be. So on my particular car, um, it says I should put 32 pounds of air in the front and 31 pounds of air in the rear. But the maximum inflation for my tires is 36 pounds. And if I was towing a trailer or I was putting a bunch of stuff in the back of my car, I might want to bump up the tires to that maximum inflation pressure. Because what happens is uh, if you go back to high school chemistry, when molecules move back and forth, they get hot. And the molecules of air, as they move, will start to get hotter. So the more the tires inflated, the less likely the molecules will generate heat, and heat generates air pressure. So uh, a tire with only 25 pounds of air in it on a hot day driving out on the highway might inflate itself to 45 pounds. That same tire with 32 pounds of air in it drive that same distance on a hot highway might only go up to 34 pounds because the molecules are tighter together, they generate less heat when they're when they're more spread apart, they generate more heat. And vice versa with the cold. Exactly. Yeah. One more question about tires, and we're going to go to a break. I remember during my formative years when my dad was driving around in his vehicles, whether it was like a 53 Ford, do the station wagons that they called country squires mm -hmm. back during my formative years. They were tires that were, I guess they say, tubeless tires and tires with tubes. Do we see tires today where they have the inner tube plus the tire itself in, in 2021? No, not not really. They still sell inner tubes for people that, you know, sometimes an inner tube might be a very temporary repair for a tire. Uh, but no, we we don't see tubeless, we don't see tube type tires uh, very often. Even I think there are even some bicycles now that don't even have tubes in the tires anymore. So uh, we don't see uh, tube-type tires, although if you went to a tire store, you could probably still buy a tube and go float on a lake with it. <laughs> Talking you, Sean. Yes. yes. <laughs> there you go. We're talking with John Paul, the car doctor from AAA Northeast. We've been talking about tires. We're going to talk some more about cars and the fact that the summer driving season is still with us. Things we might need to have for our car for the summer trip. More of that coming up on the K-Zone Morning Commute. But first, we get another check of the roads next. This is a sound you never want to hear. Coming up to 823, this check of the roads and weather is sponsored by your home comfort specialist, Spata for Oil and Energy. Road construction going on, two locations to share with you. One route to westbound heading towards our neck of the woods. We're finding the busiest part right there at exit 99, also known as Route 12, and traffic backed up to at least Route 190. Uh, things slow on the westbound side. They'll be out there till 3 o'clock this afternoon. Also, if you're traveling north and southbound 190 between 140, Sterling West Boston Line, and exit for Route 12, Worcester West Boston Line. Things are especially busy on the southbound side this morning, heading towards Worcester, so keep that in mind. And again, be aware of those things where you see speeds posted down maybe less than 55 miles an hour, maybe 45 miles an hour in some areas, maybe down to one lane in some areas. And watch out. Beware of those signs that say, bump, please take them seriously, please. Your car will thank you for it. As for the weather, mostly cloudy, highs mid-70s. Right now, 66 degrees. Our temperature, where were the car, Dr. John Paul, coming up on the K-Zone Morning Commute. 8.24, the K-Zone Morning Commute continues for this Wednesday, 105.3 FM, AM 1280, WPKZ, Sherman, Derek, Chef Sean in studio, and the car doctor on the phone, John Paul from AAA Northeast. Let's take a look at the fact that summer travel is here, summer driving season upon us, and people getting ready for that summer trip. And let's take a look at things that we should have in the car with us 
as we're getting ready to go those miles and miles from here to there and all parts in, the t- in between. I'm talking about having an emergency travel kit for the summer season. Yeah, absolutely. It is a great idea to keep a few things. And when I was young and uh, cars were simpler, I would keep a whole little tool set in my car and you know, pretty much could fix anything on the road. Today's cars are a little bit more complicated. The idea of being able to fix something by the side of the road is something most people aren't capable of. But uh, at AAA, the two most common reasons we come out to rescue people are dead batteries and flat tires. So jumper cables, always a good idea to have, or a portable jump pack, one of these little... Um, lithium-ion things with a set of jumper cables, little tiny set of jumper cables that attach to it. They work really well. And also they have usually ports in them so you can charge up your cell phone and things like that. Very handy, uh, especially if uh, there's a power outage and you want to keep your cell phone charged. It's a handy thing for that. Some of them also have built-in flashlights and warning lights to be able to protect you in case you're broken down by the side of the road. The other thing I keep in uh, both of our family cars is a little portable air compressor. So if I have a tire that's not quite flat but very low at least i can pull over plug in the little air compressor and pump the tire up to where it should be until i can go get it repaired also uh, some sort of emergency warning device flares or triangles is always a good idea make sure you have that spare tire jack lug wrench and if your car happens to have locking lug nuts make sure you have that special socket or or key to get the lug nuts off uh, frustrating for both you and us when we come out if you have a flat tire and we want to change it and put your spare on and you say where's the locking key and you go I don't know and maybe it's the last place you had your tires rotated it's sitting there somewhere so make sure you have that before heading out on a road trip and uh, the other thing is we do we rescue across the country about 800,000 people that run out of gas and a lot of people think when that low gas light comes on that's a little indicator that you should go out and fill up your tank. What that is, that's a warning. You're about ready to run out of gas. <laughs> and not that it's time to fill up. In fact, if you keep driving consistently, if you're one of those drivers that fills up when the low, t- when the low gas light comes on, you're <coughs> probably going to uh, shorten the life of the fuel pump. The fuel pump that gets fuel from the gas tank to the engine is located in the fuel tank, and it's cooled by the gasoline in the fuel tank. And if you consistently drive around with the low fuel light on, you're going to to shorten the life of that uh, fuel pump. We just did some studies to show that uh, older folks are better at filling up their gas tank. Uh, Millennials kind of think that that low fuel light means that, oh, it's time for me to buy gas, and maybe... I can squeeze another 20 or 30 miles out of that tank before I really need to buy gas. And maybe you can, but maybe you can't. My unwritten rule of thumb when it comes to filling, if I wait till my car is down to maybe like a quarter of a tank. Yeah, or me less, too. Yeah. And at that point I go, okay, it's time to fill this up, and I better get to the gas station right away. Then I'll yeah. fill it up too. That is capacity. A weird that thing is happened a- to me last Saturday. I never run out of gas before because I always keep mine pulled up. But I was going from uh, – Webster to Saugus, and I didn't even bother to look at my my uh, gas gauge. And when the light came on, it wasn't like maybe even thirty seconds later, my car died on on the Mass Pike. Yeah, and I had no gas, and yeah. I had to find a, a gas station like it was about a mile and a half away. Yeah, I've spaced it before too, but typically if I get to a quarter tank, I'm I'm thinking about stopping soon. 
And if you, I have a question for John Paul. If you let your gas tank get down to the bare minimum all the time, aren't you like it brings up like uh, metal shards from your tank and pumps that through the engine? Well, there there are two filters. There's a filter on the bottom of the pickup uh, that's in the tank, and there's a filter on the uh, somewhere between the fuel tank and the and the fuel injection system. But yeah, there's a certain amount of sludge and sediment and rust that sits at the bottom of the fuel tank, and when you run it down low like that, it, you can pick up some of that garbage that's at the bottom of the tank. Also, uh, moisture can end up at the bottom of the tank, so you get a real poor running condition. So it's, you know, all of you guys who said I typically fill up at a quarter of a tank, best thing you can do. That's good to know. Well, that's I, something, right? You know, wow. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. One shot. All of a sudden we can say, well, you're geniuses. No that's kidding, a, right? That's a frightening thought. One more question I have for you about <laughs> tires. When it comes to that spare we have in the in the trunk, it's better to have that donut or, let's say, an actual spare tire, actual size that you have on the vehicle. Which is better? Ideally, it's best to have a full-size spare and wheel, and then even with those, you can... If it's a matching wheel, you can include it in your tire rotation. So instead of just rotating four tires, you can rotate five, which helps extend the life of all the tires. And the other good excuse of that is you're also checking the tire pressure in the spare at the same time. But I would rather have a compact spare, a donut, whatever you want to call it, than no spare whatsoever. And there's over 100 makes and models of cars out there right now that probably don't have spare tires because either the performance tires were too big or the car manufacturer said uh you know we can save 50 or 60 pounds of weight let's not put a spare tire in this and maximize fuel economy and to drive around especially driving from webster to saugus with no spare tire would make me nervous <laughs> yeah. well. well said for people listening to our conversation if they have questions want to reach you uh, what's the best way to contact you? The easiest way, go to AAA.com slash car doctor. There's a little section there that says ask a question. I answer every single question I get uh, as, soon as, I, as soon as I see them pop up. So AAA.com slash car doctor. And very good. And for people who are listening to us and you uh, contact the car doctor, let them know that you heard him on the KZ 105.3 FM and AM 1280 WPKZ. Please tell them that. Tell them that. Absolutely. And on that note, John, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. All right. Take care, guys. Have a great day. Thanks so much. Stay safe. Bye-bye. And it's 8.32. We've got news coming up.